You may be seated. I was waiting for Taryn to say, bless Papa as he preaches, but she didn't say that. <laughs> so good to have you here this morning. We have a, a number of folks who are missing today. Uh, that's usually the case when the, what as they say, the cat's away, the mice will play. So we do have some missing. However, I want to encourage you to be faithful. I want to encourage you to bring someone with you. Let's make this a time of growing and reaching out and worshiping the Lord together. I've asked the folks this morning who were leading the worship time to sing some songs that just helped us all focus on the fact that we're here to worship the Lord. And uh, I hope that's the reason you've come. I hope that's what you're expecting out of this service, that God will be glorified and lifted up and praised. And I hope during the days that we have ahead of us, you will recognize that that's the reason we gather. We're gathering here before the Lord to worship His name, to glorify Him, and lift Him up. And if you'll come with that kind of spirit and that kind of attitude, I believe the Lord will bless us. Now, let me just say a few things in the outset. We're going through a time when we must seek the Lord's face to find the Lord's direction for our life, our church. I want to keep you informed. Brother Mitch wants to keep you informed. Our board wants to keep you informed on exactly what we're doing. So I'm going to take just a moment to bring you up to date where we are today, okay? Uh, the general board met last Sunday, and uh, they made a motion that we expand some things, and Brother Mike's going to be talking about this at the end of the service today, uh, that we uh, elect two people from our church in general to represent the church on the pulpit committee, and we have three from the general board. We'll be talking about that later. So uh, we've already met with the general board and uh, we've asked our people to pray and seek God's face during this time meanwhile the deacon board has, has asked Brother Mitch and myself to fill in and supply during the time that we're looking for the next pastor so we're going to ask you to put our names on the top of the list a little bit selfish okay but you put our names on the top of the list and pray that God will give us strength and that we'll be able to take care of the needs of the church. And at the same time, God will give us the message that he has for us to hear during these days. Our scripture this morning is from Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. A very significant passage because a year and a half ago, Brother Mason preached on this passage when he accepted this pulpit to preach from uh, over the last year and a half. But I want to read it today and launch from that passage into uh, the days that we have ahead of us. Paul says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, 
I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I have thoroughly enjoyed Brother Mason's ministry among us. I think that's across the board, everyone has enjoyed his ministry. When he accepted the position here as pastor of Southern Oaks, I hoped God would leave him here until he no longer could preach, you know, just uh, preach him out here at Southern Oaks. But God had other plans, and uh, that all changed when Randall offered him a position there that I believe God will use him greatly in. Brother Mason and Brother Mitch have been a great team for this church. And I want to say to you as a church, I'm proud of you for the way you have gotten behind them and allowed them to lead the church. You have embraced change. During the interim while we were waiting for the pastor to come, I preached on the fact that we needed God to change some things in our church. I'm just as passionate about that today as I was that day that we still need to press on. And so we're, we're going to be talking about today staying the course and continuing on. As a result of Brother Mason and Brother Mitch's ministry, we've, we've seen some good changes happen at Southern Oaks. Uh, let me just review a few because you probably aren't aware of all the things going on because you just see what happens on Sunday morning. When Brother Mason accepted the church, he said, I want to bring on board a, a youth pastor, a young adult pastor. I'm going to bring uh, Mitch Wagner with me, and we're going to form a team, and they've formed a great team. Brother Mitch, from the very beginning, began a study at Randall with some students there uh, on Monday evening, Tuesday evening, long first part of the week, and then that kind of spilled over they brought that group to meet here on Thursday night they had a lunch together dinner together and they began to study the Word of God out of that several people were saved from the group that came to Randall and from friends that they brought four or five uh, six people were saved accepted the Lord and many of them baptized here in our church that group began to reach out and touch people at OU at OSU and indirectly at OCU when they began to even look for a place to baptize some of their converts they came here to Southern Oaks and used our baptistry remember uh, so those are some of the things that happened just recently uh, well before that we've had seven we've had seven people in their 20s join our church over the last year and a half We've had some in their 40s. We've had some in our, uh, some closer to my age. Why are you laughing? I mean, it's nice to have young folks like myself. So we've had a, a movement across a spectrum of ages, but we've had an emphasis on reaching young adults for the Lord. And just recently, we've started a young adult class. And uh, in that class, uh, we've had several young couples begin to come and be faithful 
and join the class and work in the class, and that we need. We've also had uh, see you at the polls. There's been an emphasis there in junior high schools in our area where the Lord is blessing and the Word of God is being studied and preached. And I'm thankful for all that God has done during these days. But Brother Mason has stepped down. That is not an excuse for us to step back. We've got to stay the course. We've got to continue to move forward. Paul said in verse 13, I reach forth to those things which are before me, not the things behind me, but I press on to those things before me. He said in verse 14, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We need to press on. God is working in our church and in our lives, and we need to continue to follow what the Lord is doing. I'm convinced that the next pastor will be one who will give attention to the young uh, adults in our church at the same time will love the I almost said it <laughs> the older folks by the way brother Mason has had that heart brother Mitch has that heart brother Mason called me this morning at 820 and said I'm praying for Southern Oaks he loves this place. We love this place. We must press on. Let me share a very personal story with you. A personal story I don't like to talk about. I love Southern Oaks Church. My kids were raised here. Uh, we had, when I came to preach for Southern Oaks, I had no intention of coming to Oklahoma. I was in Florida, spent a few years in Georgia. In fact, I told Brother Bill Giles when he came, I'm not interested in a move. He said, take a week to pray about it, and that messed me up. said I'll call you back in a week and he called back and I said well I can't say no I'll come and preach I told my wife when I left there I said I don't have any inkling that I'm going to Oklahoma but I've got to go preach for them so I came we had good services that weekend and and I went back home and I said they may not know it yet but I'm the next pastor of Southern Oaks I said, the Lord has spoken to me, and you might as well start packing. <laughs> and she started crying. <laughs> I didn't get to go with you. Uh, anyway, I love Southern Oaks Church. Thank you. <laughs> but there was a church in Arkansas, a church in Arkansas just like Southern Oaks. It was my home church. It was a church that was loving, a church that was talented, 
a church that was kind-hearted, a church that reached out to the lost, and a lot of folks were saved there. It was a church that had missionaries in that were mission-minded, and their name was spread across our denomination. It was just a great place. It was the Southern Oaks of the state of Arkansas. In 1956, I'm sorry, 1996, ooh, that was a long time ago. In 1996, they called me because they knew of my ministry and I'd been raised in the church. They said, our church is in decline. I want you to come and talk to our church, visit with our church, give us some ways to combat this decline that we're experiencing. So I went to the church. I spent a week there. I evaluated the church. I talked to the people. I met with the boards. I preached the, in the services on Sunday. And I met with the boards Sunday afternoon, and I said, here's my recommendation." And I recommended three or four things that they could do and gave them steps to accomplish any of the ones they chose. Then I said, your final choice is to simply do nothing, do what you've been doing, and die and close the doors of this church. They chose the latter. And 15 years later, from that date, they closed the doors of the church. They sold the property. Today, in one of the larger cities in the state of Arkansas, they do not have a single Free Will Baptist church. You want to know why I'm passionate? about change and things that we need to do because of just stories like that. There are some things we must not change, but there are some things that we can change when there are good changes that need to come our way. The devil does not want us to change. If he has his way, he will keep us where we are now. The story of Oak Park Free Will Baptist Church is repeated time and time again across America. We're told that eight out of ten churches in America are in decline or at least at very best holding their own. When I came to the state of Oklahoma 40 years ago, there were over 300 Free Will Baptist churches in the state of Florida, in the state of Oklahoma. Today, there are 205. That's a third of the churches closed. Florida's the same way. California. 40 years ago had 96 Free Will Baptist churches. Today they have less than 50. You see where I'm coming from? God is not finished with Southern Oaks Church. 
Tom Rainier, who's a Christian writer, speaker, former CEO of the Southern Baptist Lifeway Resources, said this in 2017. We're closing 6,000 to 10,000 churches every year in America. 6,000 to 10,000 churches in America closing every year. And he said, my opinion, that number is closer to the 10,000 than the 6,000. Now, I'm not a negative person. I'm not a negative preacher. In fact, I don't know how many years it's been since I've been nervous about preaching a sermon. But I've been nervous about this sermon. Because I don't want to be seen as someone crying wolf. But I don't want God to lay a message on my heart and I say, no, Lord, I can't do that. Reach to those things that are ahead of me. Press toward the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Brother Mitch and Brother Mason have shown us what that's like. They've shown us the kind of pastor that we need, and I believe our next pastor will be the same kind of pastor. I'm going to ask one more question, and I'm going to move off this subject, okay? Why is it that the church is the one place we don't want to change? How many of you still drive a horse and buggy? <laughs> Bless you, Richard. <laughs> you know what? I really prefer a car if I'm going to West Virginia to see my wife's folks. Uh, it might take me two days to get there, but it'd take me 10 days or 12 in a horse and buggy. We want the latest iPhone. We start scrambling for the biggest TV. We start looking for the best made cars but don't change my church. When we started talking about building a gymnasium back years ago, several people came to me and said, this church doesn't want a gym. This church doesn't need a gym. So we built a family life center put a gym in it. <laughs> we had to move to two services. We had the, the, the building was packed. So we started talking about two services. People came to me and said, you're going to split the church. We're not going to know one another. We'll have a Sunday morning, con early morning service congregation at 8.30. We'll have another congregation at 11 o'clock, and we won't even know the people. 
we can't go to two services. When we put a screen in and a projector and started putting up words and music and scripture on the screen, you thought the world had come to an end. Uh, but that wasn't near as big as the first time a lady came in pants. And some of our ladies came to me and said, what are we going to do? There's a lady here in pants. I said, we're going to let her come. Listen, these are changes. But they've been good changes. And we've got to be open to good changes and resistant to those changes that must not be made. Does that make sense to you? It does to me, but maybe, maybe I'm just different. The devil wants to keep the church in the dark ages while the world moves into the 21st century. Let me mention three things, and I'll try to be brief since I've gotten tied up on the introduction. There are three things that we must do if we're going to succeed in reaching forth to the things before us and press on toward the mark. First of all, we need to have the right frame of mind. A lot of what we do in our life is a mindset. We set our mind on doing things. We set our mind on the right way. And to a large degree, the success or failure of the church depends on your mindset, your attitude. You can't have a bad attitude and please God. Mark it down. You can't have a bad attitude and please God. In fact, you can't have a sour attitude and build a church. Have you ever heard anyone say, I love to go there because folks are just as sour as they could be. Looks like everyone swallowed a lemon. I just can't wait to get back next Sunday to see how sour everybody is. No. People want to go where the Lord is lifted up and He's praised and glorified. They want to worship with people who are excited about being there. I asked the group this morning to sing songs about worship the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Because it's all about the Lord. Every song we sing, every scripture we read, every testimony we give, it's all about the Lord. Who ever told me it was about me sure missed the boat. Who ever told you it's about you sure missed the boat. Because it's not about you and it's not about me, it's about the Lord. Can you say this with me? It's not about me. Oh, 
hey, that sounds good. When we accept that and understand that worship is all about the Lord, the kingdom of God is going to be advanced. And we've got to come to that conclusion. It is not about me. He's the one who's worthy of praise. He's the one that's worthy to be worshipped. He's the one to be lifted up. The Bible says the Lord has given him a name that's above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what worship is all about. Lord, help me. Worship is all about God. You know why we have so many different churches? Maybe I shouldn't say this, but a lot of times it's because people can't worship more than one way. I think God is pleased with all kinds of worship. I may not worship like you do, but you know what? God likes my worship. You might not worship like I do, but God likes your worship. So we, we must learn to understand that God is pleased when we worship, no matter if you don't worship the same as me. I may sit on one bench, you sit on the next the bench right next to me and we do things differently but as long as God is praised and lifted up we can both stand there side by side and worship the king of kings and lord of lords it's all about God we need the right attitude about God we need the right attitude toward the lost one of the problems in the church today is we come in and enjoy our relationship to one another and don't really give an emphasis to going out there and winning the folks who are lost. God loves our worship, but God loves it more when we reach somebody else to come and worship with us, win them to the Lord. We need the right kind of attitude toward the lost. It's easy to forget that we need to win those who are lost. Thirdly, we need the right attitude toward one another. And in times like this especially, it's important that we have the right attitude. By the way, if you have needs during this time, don't have a sour attitude and say brother Jim didn't call me brother Mitch didn't call me the Lord never gave me a fortune telling mine if you call us and let you know let us know you have a problem we will do our best to be there you've seen that you know that but we can't meet your needs if you don't let us know. So during this time, let's love one another. Let's stick together. Let's be kind-hearted. Let's fulfill the Great Commission. Let's do what God says do. 
And on the other hand, when God places a man behind this pulpit on a regular basis, we can say God has been faithful to us and seen us through it all. We need to have the right attitude toward one another. You know what that looks like? Uh, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 through the end of the chapter. It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Whoa. What is that? Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is used to edifying and ministering grace to the hearers. Everything you say ought to be for the purpose of encouraging someone else. And when you say something to discourage another person in the things of the Lord, God holds you accountable. And by the way, some may need to go and say to an individual, I'm sorry. That might spark a revival, you reckon? You may need to say, I'm sorry. God expects you to minister grace, to edify one another. And by the way, the next verse says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. You know what he's saying? He's saying when you do that, you grieve the Spirit of God. When you don't speak edification, when you don't speak grace, when you're letting things proceed out of your mouth that ought not, you grieve the heart of God, you grieve the Holy Spirit. You can't separate those verses. So he says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed to the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. All those negative things gone. And be kind one to another. Tender-hearted, forgiving, even as Christ has forgiven you. Is that the Word of God? Is that for me? Does that mean me? Yes, it does. Does it mean you? I didn't get as many yeses that time. It does. It means you. It means me. It's God's Word. We live by it. So we need the right kind of attitude toward one another. The second thing we need is a pure heart. I don't want to spend much time here. I'm way past where I need to be. But we need a heart that is pure toward the things of the Lord and pure toward one another. A heart for the things of, of God. A heart for the things of the church. A heart for lost community. For family and friends and co-workers. I love the program you started, Brother Mitch, on Pray and Go. Our church needs to get out in the community. Let the community know that we're praying for them. Let the community know we're concerned about them. Have the right kind of heart, a pure heart. Roman numeral three. We need busy hands. Verse 13 says, this one thing I do. That means you've got to do something. It means you've got to work. Now, some, some of you I know have the, the philosophy that God will take care of the thing without me. I know God's bigger than all of us put together. 
But if God's going to go ahead and take care of things without you and without me, why did he say, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send for laborers unto his harvest. There's two jobs right there. Pray and go into the harvest. Why did he say, Go and compel them to come in? Why did he say, so send I you, if he didn't need us. Fact is, he does need us. He wants to use us, and we need to be used. We don't need to sit idly by and do nothing. So we need, we need busy hands if we're going to please the Lord. In verse 14 and 13 and 14, Paul uses the uh, analogy of a race. I used to run sprints when I was growing up. Uh, ran the 100, the 220. The reason I ran those because I couldn't last any further. But I learned something in those days. One is all things being equal, if the person next to you is the same speed you, guy over here has the same speed as you, it's the one who gets out of the blocks best who wins the race. So let me encourage you to get in the Word of God and stay there. Some of you quit. Some of you moved out. Some of you haven't been reading and studying and praying like you ought to. Get in the Word. That's what makes us mature. That's what makes us strong. That's what gives us a head start in the race. So get in the race. Get in the Word. Secondly, I learned that you can't let things distract you. You hear me? You can't let things distract you. When you're running the race, if you decide to look up in the stands and see who's watching you, you're in trouble. If you decide to look around and see what everybody else is doing and how they like it done, you're in trouble. You just lost the race. The distance is too short. Life is too short. We need to look ahead and keep our eyes fixed on the Lord and not on the people around us, not on the stands to see who's looking, but on the Lord. I learned also when you're running a short race like that, it is really important to run through the tape. You know what I'm saying? You've probably heard that phrase, run through the tape. That means you push yourself to the very end. In fact, whenever you get close to the tape, you lean forward and try to break the plane. Our race is nearly run. I only have a few more years at best to serve the Lord. I want them to count. And the truth of the matter is, if we all live to be 100 years old, we, we've got just a short while. We need to make it count for the cause of Christ. Then last of all, aren't you glad 
there is a final reward. We can set some goals here, some financial goals for the church, some numerical goals for the church, some uh, facility goals and, you know, numbers, all those kinds of things. We can set some goals, and we may be talented enough to figure some of them out and accomplish some of those goals. We ought to set goals, and we ought to do everything we can to reach those goals, because if you don't have goals, you're not going to accomplish those goals, Okay. So we need to set some goals. But there's something beyond the goal. We don't just press for that that's ahead of us, but we reach toward the prize. We can set goals, and we can reach them in human effort. But there's a prize you can't win with human hands. It's the heavenly prize that God sets before all of us and he says run with patience the race that is set before you looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith will y'all let me come back next Sunday I want the Lord to have his way in Seven Oaks Church. I want the Lord to get glory from our worship. I want the Lord to be pleased with all that we do. And I'm going to challenge you to pray diligently and seek God's face. I'm going to challenge you to be here on Sunday you won't have to listen to this next Sunday, okay? Be here. In fact, Brother Mitch is going to be preaching a series on Christmas, I think, so we'll enjoy that. So be here. And then encourage one another, thirdly. Encourage one another, support one another, love one another. And God, who is faithful, will bless us let's stand with our eyes closed and our heads bowed Father you've laid on our hearts a heavy heavy burden and a heavy message this morning I pray that everything I've said has come across with the love that I feel and I pray you'd help our church to be a praying church, a worshiping church, a church that loves the lost and reaches out. Would you have your way in us today?